All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another cracking interview with special guest in Swedish JWR Honda MXGP rider Alvin Usland. How's life, mate? And thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's it's fun to be on the show. That nah, should be a good one, mate. Cheers for fitness in the schedule. Obviously, you just got recently back from Indonesia last week. So how, how was the experience, mate? Some obviously great results for you. A couple of top 10 moto finishes, 211s overall. First qualifying race point. Pretty impressive trip. You came home pretty happy with it all? Yeah, for sure. It's it's a long journey to go there. And I was there last year also, but was only for one race. So uh, it was different this year. It's more easy to go for two races and you can stay there. Uh, uh, yeah, longer. So it's easier. But yeah, it was good for me. Uh, I like both of the tracks, actually. I like the ground and it, I felt good on it, and uh, yeah, the first ob- obviously it was hot uh, both weekends, but yeah, it was it was good, and uh, I'm happy about the riding and the the speed. Uh, I yeah, battling with with the guys that was a little bit further in front of me in other races maybe. So yeah, I'm happy to uh, feel like we. We we did another little step uh, forward, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely, mate. You're now up to 14th in the title race, pretty close to like Watson and Pacharel, so it's pretty impressive what you're doing, mate. And did you have a preference of which track you preferred? Obviously, Sambauer and Lombok are quite different in terms of elevations, but it, it seemed like they had that sort of wispy soil, that soft stuff mixed with a bit of a hard base. So how did they compare yeah. to you? And yeah, which one would you prefer? <laughs> Yeah, the first one was a little bit more up and down with the with the hills, and the other one was flat, complete flat, but really fast. Uh, I think I preferred the first one actually. Uh, it was a little bit, yeah, especially with the with the up and downs and uh, some uh, some nice jumps and stuff. So I think I preferred the first one. Yeah, and you managed to escape the the trip without any illness, which was pretty cool, mate. Because you see a lot of guys getting sick and affecting the races really badly. Yeah, yeah, I was worried about it when I when I come there because I got sick last year on the way home. So, but uh, yeah, because of my experience from last year, I I come there more prepared this time with some pills for the stomach and and stuff. So, yeah, luckily I I was all right. Did you have any other tips and tricks for the guys, mate? Did you bring your own food or anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little bit scared to the beginning to for the food, but I try to eat uh, like a little bit the same every time. Especially we on the first place, we eat on the same restaurant every day, and then when we come to the to the next uh, island, we was also pretty much on the same restaurant every time, lunch and dinner. So. I used eat uh, the things that I know was working and yeah, kept it like that. And obviously dealing with the heat and humidity, how how important was the the hydration and the nutrition, keeping the body fueled for those weekends because they were pretty demanding on the body, weren't they? 
Yeah, it is. But yeah, we we have every year uh, some hot races. So, but uh, yeah, actually for the first first race there in Sabava, I I felt a little bit that I I missed a little bit water. Like between, after the first race, I uh, yeah. I, I had some difficulty to pee and stuff and I yeah I think I had to to drink a little bit more and uh, but then yeah you like between the races I I drink a lot and also some soda and yeah a lot of stuff so I I felt better the second race actually and uh, yeah then in in Lombok it was better I was a little bit more prepared with the with water and stuff so yeah it was okay. Yeah, and how did you find the fans in Indonesia? Obviously, watching from the TV, they obviously maybe not the same presence and the atmosphere at the track, but they really seemed to enjoy having you guys there. Gave you a very warm welcome. Must have made you guys feel pretty special, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really fun. You know, you come there like rock stars, especially to the first first place because, yeah, I don't think they are used to uh, have uh, visitors there and stuff. So, yeah, they are crazy and. Uh, Especially, I think most famous was my girlfriend actually because she's blonde and blue eyes and yeah, special for them. So it was cool. Oh, that's cool. She got to come with you, mate. Did you sort of get to do a few tourist things? Maybe go to the zoo, do some surfing, do some rainforest walks, this kind of thing. Yeah, in Lombok on Monday or Tuesday, we we went out uh, with the boat. Those. Uh, Gilly Islands or what the name is and yeah that was pretty cool uh so yeah it's not often I take some holidays and stuff so it was nice for me also to to do this and uh explore a little bit yeah absolutely and just sort of how's the recovery been since you've got back mate you've had a couple of days off obviously just to readjust and have you sort of just done some riding here and there and just sort of got your physical condition back to where you want it to be and are you ready for locket mate and how do you like that track yeah yeah it's uh actually i when i come back from uh from indonesia it was my 13 weekends in a row i think i was racing so this is like my first my first weekend off pretty much so i took a few days off and yeah recovered my body but now i start training again and i did some testing with my suspension guys here in sweden and and uh yeah now i'm really motivated again to start and uh also to come back to to those racing races that we have left now it's it's nice good tracks that i like and also, look, it is really nice. Uh, I like the ground there, and it's a it's a cool track. And you'd be looking forward to Lommel after that too, mate. Being pretty uh, quality in the sand. Yeah, Lommel, it's gonna be nice. Uh, I guess it will be hot and uh, a new track layout. Yeah. I I hear so it will be interesting. Yeah, and just your overall thoughts on the season, mate. You must be pretty happy with it all going. You're building really well, getting some really good results, kind of going from strength to strength. And, you know, looking at your lap times from every race, you know, the best ones you're doing, and they're not really that far off, guys like Prado and Koldenoff and Jeremy and Roman, you know. It's, you must be sort of pretty keen to always improve and look back as well, but you must be sort of feeling like you're really finding your own and holding your own against these heavy hitters now. Yeah. Yeah, like the first two, three races wasn't maybe that good. I was a little bit off with a, with a few things, but 
then I we improved a little bit on suspension on the bike and now it's just been better and better and uh like also for this year it's a new bike for me so it's mm. it's take a few races to to get going and find the the good uh yeah setup let's say so but uh yeah it's uh coming closer i think and uh i uh i'm still motivated and try to to get closer to those guys so yeah yeah, all the hard work's definitely paying off, I think, mate. And just tell us, obviously, you you could be even higher in the points. Obviously, you in Spain, you were you were doing so well, and you had the hole in the pipe, which, from all reports, James and Lorenzo talking to them saying it was extremely loud. You you had a good race going there, mate. So just talk us through that weekend, a couple of little ups and downs you've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I maybe three of my best wrestles have been like yeah DNFs or uh, I I get some extra times so. But yeah, like in Spain was was funny because I actually I was sick. I didn't ride on on Saturday, uh, just to save energy. And then somehow on, on Sunday I was feeling really good with everything, and I did one of my best races. And yeah, I was thirteen in the first one, but I rode maybe the last ten minutes without the pipe. So I was yeah, it was really loud. <laughs> I was just waiting for those guys to stop yeah. me, but. Nobody stopped me, and then I had to do the noise control after, and they they put me down a few places. Uh, and uh, then for the second race, I was thirteen again on, until two three laps ago. The bike, yeah, you stop, and yeah, that was that was hard. But uh, then again, we come to to Latvia. I had a good uh, good first race there. I was running ten. Also, with just a few laps to go, and I had a, another issue on the bike. So, yeah, that was was hard, and would be good to have those points in the in the championship. But yeah, it's it is what it is. Yeah, you can't change it, but it's still a little bit frustrating for sure because you could be even higher and getting more points, mate. And how has the switch to JWR Honda been for you, mate? Obviously, Swedish rider, Swedish team. Johan does a top job mm. with that team. It seems like it's a good environment for success, mate. And you, did you sort of test the bike before you joined? And you must have some pretty good skills testing and, and fine-tuning bikes. You've obviously ridden for many teams, many different manufacturers, obviously a lot on Yamahas as well. Yeah, so mm. how's it all been for you? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, I tested the bike before I went here, and I know the guys for, for a long time, like you and Patrick. So, yeah. It was nice to 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 join them and also to to be able to speak a little bit Swedish. You know, it's it's yeah, it, it feels good in the team because nobody is like from the same country except our Swedish guys. But then when we have dinners and stuff, we always speak English. Like if I compare it to my other teams, it it always Italians or French or something, and then they all speak their language and i don't understand anything so that's that's nice for me and it feels like it's a good good vibe every weekend actually so it's yeah it's just fun to come to the races and, uh, and meet the guys and uh, so far it's been uh, really good yeah mate the results are showing and how's life with your teammate hardy ruzi or obviously you guys probably get along pretty well do you help each other out on the weekends with different things with setup and and line selection and and these kind of things yeah, a little bit. It's a it's a really nice guy, uh, and a hardworking guy. And uh, yeah, we train pretty much every day uh, this winter together. So 
it's good. Uh, now in the season, we don't see each other so much, but uh, yeah, I try to, to help him a little bit with the setup also, and we speak together. And it's nice to have a teammate uh, I didn't have for the last two years. And so, yeah, it's, it's nice to just have someone else there uh, racing with you for the same team. Yeah, well said. And also, just looking back before the season started, did you find you had a really good pre-season to get that base into to give you the platform to succeed? And did you have? Would you say you're exceeding the expectations you put for yourself? And what are the sort of the aims going forward? Obviously, that top ten overall is probably the next on the agenda for you. Yeah, yeah. The off season was was really good, and the winter prep, and I was healthy all the time. Didn't have any problems with anything. So. I was coming in with with yeah quite high expectations, and then it, the first races didn't go as planned, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's just good to have a really good base from the winter, you know, with physical training and many hours on the bike. Because yeah, then when you come into to a long season like this, you are not able to to train so much during the weeks, especially if you race every week weekend like like I have done. So it's it's really important to have that that uh, base uh, with you from from the winter. Yeah, you need to sort of hit the ground running in the MXGP class because it's just stacked full of talent, you know, isn't it, mate? So what would you say the key challenges for you this year and the key sort of takeaways? Just how fast those guys are, even though obviously a lot of them have been injured, but yeah, they're they're on a pretty hard level and just getting a start so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I try to. To work really really hard on the starts and we have found a really good setup actually for the starts now that if you look my my last start since maybe portugal or spain i'm always good off the off the uh off the grid but then i'm a little bit too far outside or or uh, not make a bad corner let's say so but uh we need to work on that and to to be higher up the the first corners and that will make it easier yeah, it's impressive. Obviously, it's pretty hard getting out of the gate when you got guys like Sewer and Prado, you know, Koldenoff. They're all pretty fast, too, on those really, really good factory bikes. But it's impressive what you're doing, mate, that's for sure. And just looking ahead to your home GP, is that something that you and the team are really looking forward to? Have you got some exciting plans ahead? And have you got some lit kit sort of stuff ready for us, mate? Yeah, this re- is really good for the team. You know, they have a lot of people there and uh, I'm looking forward for it. Uh the last years, the home GP have been tough for me, but I, I, I want to make a good one this time, and I, uh, yeah, it's just gonna be nice to to be there, uh, hang out with with everybody, and uh, yeah, hope for a uh, for a good weekend. I think you'll be getting swamped, mate. That's for sure. Uh, you know, talking to all the German riders at their home GP and a couple of the Swiss guys. Yeah, the fans will be all in, mate. And it'll be a good experience for sure. And just wanted to get your thoughts on yeah, the qualifying points. You know, those races are carrying points now. Has that been a good or a bad thing for you, mate? And do you think it's better for the riders or worse for the riders? And it's obviously better for the fans. That's kind of the intention behind it, isn't it? To make it more exciting on that Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it haven't really changed anything because I, I haven't been in top 10 except uh, one time, I think, now in Indonesia was my first point in, in the qualifier race. So, uh, but I, yeah, I think it's it's good. Uh, if we have to race, it's better we race for something like a few points or something. Uh, yeah, for the fans and for, for everybody, we go in there with 
maybe more focus and uh, yeah, will to to do good. And another issue that's kind of divided opinion is the track prep in MXGP. Obviously, with so many classes over the weekend, you know the crews don't have as much time to sort of work on the track or do what they need to do, and has its own problems, mate. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think they need to spread it out a little bit more so there's more time to do these things? Because it's obviously not easy for the track builders and workers to do their thing with so much racing going on, mate. So what's your take on that and also the different tracks you've faced? It's certainly challenging, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like our qualified race uh, in the end of Saturday, I think it's the the roughest the track gets during the weekend. It's Most of the times uh, the track is more bumpier and harder on the qualifier race than in, on Sunday. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it is what it is. You know. It's we. Uh, I think I like when it's when the track is difficult and bumpy and rutty and yeah. Sometimes it's for sure maybe some sketchy things on the jumps or something. But then you then you have to adapt to that and uh, yeah. Don't uh, just close your eyes and go full gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate that's it that's the way to do it and just talking about swedish motocross how do you feel the state of the sport is obviously there's a lot of young riders and there's some really good youth and experience coming through and you obviously you got guys like noran doing his thing in the ama and gifting's a super exciting young rider who'll be making the step up to mxgp soon goal obviously we saw him doing doing his thing in ama obviously he's all right and yeah. i think he's ready to come out for the next round then some of the obviously gerhardson's done some races in mxgp too and then you got the the younger guys like frisk and alm and ambjornson olsen looning parson like why is there so many sort of exciting kids coming out mate and is there sort of a framework by the federation there or what's the reason behind it yeah, it's a few guys now out there, so that's that's really good. And we all, I think we always had a lot of like decent riders here, yeah. but not many guys did like come out to ride in Europe. And uh, most of the times, also, I think it's the same in every country. But you ride re- some of the guys they ride really good here in Sweden, and then when they come out in Europe, they are not on the same same level, and then maybe they back off. But yeah, like we have some promising uh, 125 riders, I think, now that I hope they're going to do good and uh, can uh, take a step to the Gipis uh, in a few years. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, then it's nice to have Fredrik in USA, like doing good both in Supercross and Motocross. So, yeah, that's cool. Did a lot of the younger riders come to you for advice, mate? You'd probably be like a bit of a hero to them. They obviously want to reach the level you've got to and do they sort of look up to you as a role model, mate? And do you enjoy that? Yeah, I don't know. It's not so often they come to me to to speak or ask for advice. But yeah, it's. Uh, I hope they can look up, up to me a little bit and uh, yeah. Do you keep an eye on the racing over in America, obviously, with your fellow countrymen doing so well and... It must have been pretty tempting to uh, jump on a plane and go to Southwick uh, with your sand skills on the weekend, mate. Yeah, yeah, I tried to follow like every race in, in USA. Also, it's I have a big passion for this sport, so I I watch a lot of racing and uh, yeah, like Southwick last weekend it looks looks fun, looks nice. I will would love to be there actually, and uh, hopefully we can can maybe make it happen one day is that the aim one day to go and do a few of those american rounds future and obviously 
looking ahead, I'm sure you're happy with your team now, but obviously with news coming in like Triumph and Ducati entering the paddock in the coming years, would that interest you joining one of those sort of more factory teams? It's exciting for the sport, more rides to keep you guys in the sport longer and just to give you some more opportunities because it's not easy out there in the life of MXGP motocross riders, is it? No, no, for sure. Yeah, it would, would be nice to try uh, to do some races in USA also, but yeah everything around me to be fixed also it's it's not like i'm going to go there to, and and try to do everything by myself i think it's a little bit too hard but yeah you never know maybe we have a option in uh, <laughs> or something absolutely and you know obviously america's a mecca of motocross and how is the motocross of nations there last year mate and are you looking forward to earn this year the the atmosphere and the vibe should be pretty amazing again in france they certainly get all into it so is that something that's on your radar have you started looking ahead to that yeah motocross of nation is i would say the funniest race of the year and it, i've been lucky to do it now for the every year since 2015 maybe so yeah, it's been really cool, and my first one was in Nerni actually, two thousand fifteen, and uh, I think that's uh, the best one I have, and the coolest one I have done, let's say. And uh, but yeah, I would do my best to to impress uh, the last races. Now I, it I'm not sure I'm gonna be selected for this year, so I'm just gonna try to to do good, and hopefully I will uh, be on the team. Well, surely you'd be well in the running, mate. Your results are sort of speaking for yourself at the moment. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep track of. It's not too far away, so we'll keep an eye on that, mate. And just wanted to get your overall thoughts on the transition into MXGP. Obviously, uh, you're in your third year now, I believe. And, you know, you came up with the likes of Olsen and Watson. How is the step up, mate? It must be quite a big challenge. And how would you compare it to sort of the step a lot of the EMX to MX2 guys are making? It seems like that one's sort of a smoother transition. Obviously, you see some of those younger kids, the elite ones doing, you know, an A, Rossi and Zanke sliding right into the top 10. So how do you find the step up in class, mate? Yeah, my last year in MX2 was pretty good. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to going the MXGP class because I know the 450 was was good for me. And uh, yeah, uh, maybe some guys that prefer the 250, but I prefer the 450. So I was looking forward for it. And uh, I had a good good winter there coming into the first year. And uh, the first year was okay. So yeah, and then uh, yeah, like like. Last year, uh, last winter, I had uh, some more problems. I I had uh, like a concussion all winter, so it was difficult for for doing the training in the winter. So I didn't didn't come that prepared until last year. But uh, yeah, uh, I think it was was a good uh, good move for me to go in the four fifty. Yeah, you obviously worked out pretty well. And just how do you deal with the injuries and the mental side of motocross? Because it's obviously just a you know one man sport. It's pretty. It's all on you, mate. Do you have any sort of strategies or ways you deal with that? Especially when you're out injured. Obviously, you've had a couple of nasty ones with a concussion, as well as some other stuff. So, is it tough to deal with? Yeah, for sure, it's always tough because you want to be racing and stuff. But I've been pretty pretty lucky. Let's say I didn't have so much injuries. Uh, I think my toughest one was this concussion because it just felt normal when you didn't do anything. And then when I tried to train or something, I had problems. So that was really tough and also mentally. And uh, yeah, it took so long time also to 
to get rid of it and yeah it was crazy yeah they're hard ones you hear a lot of riders go through some pretty nasty battles dealing with that kind of stuff and it flares up again when you sort of least expect it so yeah, i'm glad you sounds like you're well over that mate and just another topic I wanted to get your thoughts on was the age rule. Obviously, it doesn't affect you too much. But, yeah, in America, obviously, they don't have it. And you see guys like RJ Hampshire and Christian Craig and the Martin brothers, yeah, sort of been able to extend those careers in the 250 class. Do you have any thoughts on that, mate? Should they maybe raise it to 25 or 26? Or what's your take on it? Yeah, I haven't been thinking about that so much, you know, because this is how it is here in Europe and you just have to to uh, accept it and uh, yeah maybe it should be good to put one two more years on it but i think it's good that it is uh age rule in, in the end uh, so yeah i mean they want to have the the, the main class in mx like mx so yeah i think it's good yeah, it's obviously the focus is on that, the elite, making it just the absolute premier class, which you can understand that as well. And just for going back to your junior career, mate, just talk us through how you got into motocross. Was your dad a key influence and what were the sort of key steps in your transition to becoming a professional, mate? Because I, I bet there's a lot of hard work, effort and sacrifice got into it. Yeah. Yeah, like my my uh, mother or father they didn't have was not riding motocross or anything. They was like cross cross country skier. So, and uh, yeah, my my grandpa he was riding a little bit. So I think it's come from there. But I always had a big, big interest in motocross or motor uh, sport in in general. And yeah, I think I was maybe seven when I start riding. But uh, the first years was really easy and. Uh, I was not that good either. Maybe in the end of '85, I started to have do good and uh, did more more races and stuff. And uh, I think my first time I went out of Sweden for racing and training was like my second year in 125s, maybe. And uh, yeah, then I started to to progress quite a lot uh, in my 125 uh, years. Uh, and uh yeah it was i don't really remember but at least outside top 10 my my second year maybe in 125 and then last year in 125 i did really good i finished second in the european championship so it was a big step for me and uh yeah i i always have uh i've worked really hard uh, here at home and done a lot of training and stuff and it's cool in Sweden. We have uh, we have uh, like a motocross school uh, where you start at sixteen to eighteen, and uh, they like collect the uh, the six six seven best uh, guys in Sweden. Let's say they come there all together, and uh, we do school, and then we do training sometimes before school, and then after school every day we do together and with two trainers and uh, you live there. So it, that was like six hours from my, from my normal home. So I had to move there to do this. And, uh, but yeah, it was really good for me. I progressed a lot and I it was good to, to train with the other top Swedish riders. You, you can, yeah, like fight on the track and stuff every day. So it was, it was really cool. And um, like I say, I progressed a lot there. 
and uh, yeah, then I started in the World Championship in um, 2016. I was supposed to do European Championship that year, but uh, I had to do. Yeah, they asked me to do a fill-in for Julian Lieber like a few weeks before the the championship started. So I took that opportunity and uh, rode uh, all year in MX2 in uh, 2016. Yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Obviously, you had some pretty good years and some great results in MX2, mate. What were the highlights for you and how good was that learning experience to hold you in good stead for MXGP? Yeah, the highlights, I think, it's been my top... Uh, my top places in in the mix two, uh, the race result. I think my best was five, maybe in in Utebiano, uh, maybe one time was five, and then I've been six a few times. And yeah, like my last year there in in uh, in mix two, I did a a lot of top ten races. So it was overall a good year and was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. Yeah, mate, it's all come along pretty well when you sort of look back, I'd imagine. And who were your sort of idols growing up? Did you look to the World Championship or did you look to America of inspiration? Yeah, I I think I look in both both ways. And uh, yeah, you always look up to the top riders and you look what they do and uh, try to do the same. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I have to mention some, maybe... Maybe Tomac, I look a lot uh, up to him. And uh, yeah. They're definitely a good man to look up to, mate. He's an absolute weapon, that's for sure. And just for any young Swedish kids that are looking to get into motocross or listening to this, what sort of advice would you give them, or just in general, any youngster that's on the path to becoming a professional? What are the key things that you took away from sort of progressing through the sport? Yeah, it's just uh, you need to have the fire by yourself, I think. And and uh, not give up and uh, yeah I mean you like uh, me I I always have worked hard and uh, sacrifice a lot to to do the best in this sport so uh, yeah just uh, it's it's hard but uh, yeah in the end it's it's worth it yeah, you got to have the mindset and the hard work and sort of obviously the skill and the talent helps, but they have had that base of hard work, can't sort of go wrong. It's a good starting point, mate. Yeah, just wondering, do you watch a lot of the AMA motocross and supercross and who are the guys, obviously, aside from Tomac that you're following? Do you sort of study and analyse guys like Sexton and the Lawrence brothers, Webb, Plessinger, Anderson? Do you look up to those guys too? Yeah, I watch every race. So, yeah, I uh, I look up to those guys. Yeah, and any guys in MXGP and MX2 that are particularly catching your eye style-wise? Obviously, you got Hurlings, Prado, Fevra. There's so many, mate, but you're probably focusing on your racing too. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but I uh, like Prado. We have a really nice style on the bike, ride really easy and smooth. So I try to do to do that also. And uh, yeah, it's like nice to have that smooth style and don't waste too much energy. It's a joy to watch him, that's for sure. And just uh, outside of motocross, mate, obviously it's a pretty extremely demanding sport and there's so much on your mind. Do you, do you have a few hobbies outside of, sort of riding, like golf, do a few things to sort of mentally reset yeah. and refresh? Yeah, not so much. I, uh, I I don't have so much time, but I like a lot of different sports. Uh, all those, yeah, like ice hockey, uh, 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 
yeah, I do a lot of skiing in the winter, for example, both uh, downhill and on the cross country skiing. Uh, it's good for the training also, and yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And just a couple more before I let you go. What would you say your favorite part of being a motocross rider would be? Uh, obviously, it's you probably forget about some of the good times. Obviously, you're working so hard, and but when the results start coming, I guess it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, yeah. The favorite part, I think, it's I have dream about this life for since I was really young, and now to live it and be able to do it as a work is is really cool. And uh, just to travel around the world and ride different tracks and uh yeah it's just really cool and um yeah it's funny because every time i come to a new track or something i'm still same excitement like when i was young you know that's that's funny but i think it's it will always be there oh that's super cool to hear mate and you're the toughest parts for you uh, do you find the traveling particularly difficult and just or dealing with the nerves and the pressure and the weight of expectations what are the most difficult things for you uh, yeah maybe the travel is can be uh take a lot of energy sometimes and you can be tired of that but yeah then also the the pressure is is there every weekend but you, you learn to to deal with that and yeah i think i would say the the travel gets you yeah absolutely it's pretty grueling mate and obviously the fans probably don't quite understand how difficult it is and being in all these new environments and different places to sleep it all upsets the routine so to go and do it every weekend more or less it's it's impressive mate you'll be enjoying a weekend at home and just before i let you go would you like to thank anyone in particular for all the support yeah yeah for sure yeah i want to thank my my family and my girlfriend and uh of course the team uh all the mechanics and and those people do a uh, real hard work. Uh, also, I do my own suspension deal with the with the Swedish guy here for a few years now. So, uh, a big shout out to him, Arge Three Suspension, and uh, yeah, to all my my private sponsors also here in Sweden. Yeah, mate, the top ten uh, could be coming this weekend for sure. And before we let you go, I'd like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott. Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, thanks again, Alvin, mate. I, was, I had a blast having a chat to you, mate, and all the best for Lockett this week and for the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, mate.